It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Super League is back, or is it? Conor Gallagher on the sale list and Reese James surgery update. Hello there, guys. Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Nearly there, nearly at Christmas Day. And I hope you're getting into the festive spirit, basically. And listen, we have got Chelsea on Christmas Eve and they can dampen our moods. But hopefully the joy of Christmas will kind of usurp any nonsense that Chelsea try to pull. And hopefully, fingers crossed, like the other night against Newcastle, we can create some more Christmas joy with a win at Molyneux. But we're going to start off with the Super League because this kind of blew up once again. It kind of felt like we were back in April of 2021 and maybe I'd be out on the streets with many other Chelsea fans protesting. Luckily and quite comically, Super League 2 failed harder than Super League 1 in terms of how quickly clubs came out to reject this idea, not even joining it. But I think we have to talk about it again because it still is an existential threat. And I want to give my opinions on it because things have changed at Chelsea that relate to this issue. Things have changed within football and people's perspectives have changed over this to kind of soften to the idea of completely rejecting the Super League because of the current problems within football. Now, I still think that the Super League is an awful idea. I think at its core... It's a tragic idea. But let's go through the key info that's come out in recent days in case you haven't read all of it, in case you've missed some of it, because it is a busy time of year, obviously. So this all has to do with a ruling from the European Court of Justice in Luxembourg that stated that European governing bodies, FIFA and UEFA, had abused a dominant position by threatening the Super League clubs and their players back in 2021 with sanctions. It also said that rules that demand prior approval from inter-club football projects were unlawful and that their exclusive control in negotiating commercial rights for competitions were a restriction of trade. So then the people behind the Super League idea, whether that be Florentino Perez, uh, Laporte at uh, Barcelona, or this company, A22, that has kind of been trying to market and rebrand, sort of give a, a reboot to the Super League project, were so happy. They felt this was kind of it. The ruling was clear. This is a great day for football. The Super League is absolutely going to happen. And look at all these wonderful things we can bring you with the Super League. The revamped proposals include a 64 men's team split, split across three divisions, 32 women's team split across two, Guaranteed revenues were promised, solidarity payments and a free state-of-the-art digital streaming platform. All of this sounds wonderful, but at the end of the day, we're still dealing with the same problem with the Super League, which is it's an elitist idea, I think, brought forward with the, 
the only intention is the, the benefit of the biggest clubs. I mean, we all kind of know that already. The Super League at its heart cannot be rebranded, cannot have makeup put on it, a different outfit on it to make it look anything different to what it fundamentally is. It's about showing that there are clubs who deserve to be at the top and clubs who do not deserve to be at the top. It's about making sure that the revenues of the biggest clubs in the world are heightened, are boosted, whilst others cannot get to that level realistically. And I think uh, Amos Murphy really pointed this out well, you know, in terms of advertising it as a merit-based competition, he tweets, it's anything but, and it's designed to protect the incomes of the big clubs across Europe, Man United, Real Madrid, Juventus, who have been left behind by the model they themselves designed and pushed for. And I think this is very relevant because, you know, Chelsea fall into this bracket as well. And you know, you see Union Berlin make it to the Champions League this season, although they, they struggled in the competition. That's still a wonderful story if you know the history of Union Berlin and, and how much struggle that club has gone through to even reach the Bundesliga to then make it to the Champions League. It's those stories that the Super League rejects. And as that famous, iconic, wonderful sign said, we want our cold nights away in Stoke. We want to have a balance where football clubs like Chelsea do have to play in the FA Cup third round against Preston, do have to go away to Luton in the Premier League because Luton have gone from the conference to the Premier Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All of these things are fundamental to football. And we can agree and defend with that and, and say that that's, that's important to cherish and defend. But then also we can admit and talk about the fundamental problems that stay within the current game. And this when when I opposed the Super League, just as I did in 2021, because I in my head nothing much has changed since then. I wasn't defending UEFA, I wasn't defending FIFA, I wasn't trying to back the UK government, I wasn't trying to prop up the Premier League as some wonderful institution, anything like that. It was a rejection of the idea. We still know there are serious problems with football. Football is broken. It's broken so much that there are clubs, fans of clubs in the championship who do now ponder what is the point of getting promoted because the financial gap is so severe that when you get up to the Premier League, as we've seen with the three promoted teams this year, the opportunity to seriously compete and not just get relegated back to the championship, you know, it looks more and more realistic that that gap is only going to get wider in, in the upcoming years. I think that is absolutely a fair point. We can talk about the disparity in finances between the Premier League and other top European leagues that, you know, creates that chasm where clubs are losing their best players. And is that the right way to go about ownership issues, uh, moral, ethical questions? These are all things that continue to happen. But I am not of this kind of nihilistic belief that breaking it more, breaking it kind of beyond repair is the solution to the problems we have currently that that for me is just defeatist and I'm not going to support it I'm not going to sit here and kind of go well the Super League actually ain't that bad because well we've got the Super League already in some ways I can see the logic behind that argument but in other ways I can't because I think that fundamentally the Super League is a different beast it's a different enemy and it's something that we all fought so 
passionately about a couple of years ago for very good reason and I don't think those reasons have gone away because as a Chelsea fan perspective yes we can have frustrations with the way the sanctions period went about the way the UK government it kind of felt were it, it seemed like from a perception of Chelsea fans were okay for Chelsea just burn and die and others in the media were cheering it on yes we can all talk about that and be angry about that and hold resentment to those people but I don't think that connects for me to completely oversee and, and completely dampen my reaction to the Super League and what it means. It is an elitist idea. It's about protecting the biggest clubs. It's about removing jeopardy, a lot a lot of jeopardy from football. I think in the long term, it's also about ripping clubs from their communities, really, um, and creating an exhibition type situation where we see games on a regular basis across the world really and that's not to try and have a go at international fans but there is there's a reality of clubs being in their local community and what that means to their local communities and what football clubs mean beyond just what happens on a Saturday at 3pm less and less as we know with TV broadcasting rights yeah that's I mean that's another point TV broadcast problems are serious in this country in terms of the way fans are constantly being disrespected constantly being uh, messed about and the way in the current model is charging fans so much actually in this country for not a lot given you can go elsewhere and pay not as much and get more games televised again these are all separate and serious issues that are problems opposing the super league doesn't mean you agree with every problem that's going on and you're saying that the current model of football is fine it's not broken that's not what you're arguing you don't have to kind of make it this binary thing but the Super League is still absolutely atrocious and I think supporters need to really look at what that league would mean especially I think it's easier for a club like if you're one of those big clubs if you're a Real Madrid fan if you're a Man United fan if you're a Liverpool fan if you're an Arsenal fan if you're a Chelsea fan maybe you there's some part of you that's okay with the Super League because it protects you but if you're not one of those uh, supporters if you're not a supporter of one of those biggest clubs who will be protected by the Super League which is set up to benefit those clubs I can understand why you're opposed to it and why you're fearful of it and what it could mean Chelsea did along with a load of other clubs release a statement rejecting it how much weight is that how much weight to be give to that in terms of the future I'm not sure at the current point but I do credit Chelsea for being one of uh, several Premier League clubs actually to come out quickly and do it. You know, today we've seen both Arsenal and Liverpool do it. I think Liverpool taking over 24 hours to respond to it is is quite atrocious, really. Uh, but is it that surprising given this was the club that kind of backed both Project Big Picture and the European Super League at the start? Maybe they feel a little bit shameful and hope that everyone would just forget about it. Now it's come back up. I know we've spoke, we, we spent a lot of this show talking about this, but I, you know, we, when we talk about the Super League, we are talking about something so much bigger than just a specific club, and I, I think it is relevant to still give you my thoughts and to and to talk about it and to address it, even though hilariously it looks like once again it's dead on arrival, which is the way it should be because the Super League deserves to be dead and buried in the bin, gone, vanished, Thanos snapped out of existence because that's absolutely where it deserves to be. So let's move on to some Chelsea-specific stuff. And we're going to talk about Conor Gallagher. Yes, it looks like Chelsea are willing to sell, or at least open to selling Conor Gallagher if the right price becomes available. Ben Jacobs reporting here that Chelsea are open to offers for around 45 to 50 million. Spurs looked late in the last window, which we did here at the time, but felt the price was too high. You know I'm opposed to this, and I think more and more, 
I'm hearing a sentiment from Chelsea fans that feel this would be a step too far in terms of their connection to the club. And it's not just, you know, again, it's not just that emotional side, because I know some people really like to dismiss the sentiment and emotion side. We have to keep on reiterating this. From a tactical, technical performance point of view, Conor Gallagher is one of, if not Chelsea's best players this season. He is one of the most vital players to Mauricio Pochettino. Pochettino said as much in the press conference. He was asked about Gallagher and he said, it's a situation between the club and the player. It's difficult for any coach at any team to talk about this. He's doing well and he's playing because he deserves to. But talking about the player is up to the club. I try to give my best advice to the club, but I am the manager. And the evidence of Pochettino's selection so far this season tell us that Conor Gallagher is a vital player. He plays regularly. When he's suspended, obviously he doesn't play. But when he's been fit, even for some League Cup games where he could have been rotated earlier in the season against the likes of AFC Wimbledon, he still played because Pochettino knows how, from a tactical point of view, he is vital to Chelsea in terms of the way he presses from the front, in terms of the way he connects play between different areas of the pitch, his intelligence on the ball, his maturity. I feel like I'm watching not quite Mason Mount Part 2, uh, but some of the discourse that is dismisses Con- Conor Gallagher's talent and his importance to Chelsea, I do feel like I'm watching Mason Mount too. But I think the worst part this time is that the club themselves are in a position where they're actually open to selling their most important player. And I think it would say so much if Chelsea in January, which we're hearing Chelsea, are not just going to try and sign a forward. They're going to try and sign several players again, spend all this money on players potentially that are here for the future and we let go our most important player. I don't know what message that sends out. And I don't think there's any justification for it. Because as I've said before, I'll say it again. And I think, unfortunately, sadly, I hope I'm wrong. But I think I'll be proven right. Chelsea are not smart enough to invest that money well. And actually bring in a player that's going to be better. Equal even better to Conor Gallagher. So I think they are, they're, they're treading a dangerous path. And I think serious questions have to be asked about the judgment of the sporting directors who are coming to these conclusions when you look at the evidence of performance, what it means for Chelsea in the future, what it means for the relationship between fans and, and the ownership and the club. I think that is absolutely relevant. But what it probably says to Cobham graduates um, in the future, that this is the best you're going to get and, and you're just going to be let go, even though you're one of the best players, even though you've said how much you love Chelsea and how committed you are to the club, that apparently doesn't matter. And even if the coach is playing you and and, and regards you as a key player, we're still going to sell you in January. So nonsense, it really is. The final thing to speak about is obviously Reese James had his surgery on his hamstring injury. I think this is really great news. Um, hopefully it's the thing that really cures these injury problems. We, we can only have fingers crossed for that. But Matt Law did a piece in an interview with um, the person behind Reese James' surgery and kind of came out of it with a lot of very strong statements in terms of he believes Reese is going to make a, a very good recovery. I think the standout quote from it, because his operation did take place in Finland, that he thinks that he could even be ready and make a good recovery in time for the Euros next summer. I mean, from a Chelsea point of view, do we really care? I think unless you're a really big England fan, the, the thing we're most concerned about is Reese James being fit. Matt Law also says in this that it looks like he's going to be out for three to four months. I thought when he had a surgery, he'd be out for the season. That may still be the case if, if Chelsea are going to really be cautious with Reese James, which I think is the, is the smart play here. But at the same time, I just really hope that this is the thing for Reese because he put out this, uh, this statement on Instagram sort of talking about facing hate and criticism. We know the abuse and hate is absolutely despicable from Chelsea fans online. I have constantly opposed it. 
in terms of uh, criticism, it, it's unfair if people are, are really having a go at Reese and having a go at him for getting injured like it's his fault. And and I've said this before, when I talk about the frustration and reality of Reese James' injury problems, that's not trying to have a lack of sympathy or empathy towards his current situation. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating for all of us, right? Because we know how wonderful a talent he is. I just really hope that this is the thing that can can solve the problem. Because I, I will say this again, and anyone that thinks I don't value Reese James, anyone that thinks I don't rate him, I think if Reese James stays fit for a majority of a season, he easily wins Chelsea's best player of the season. I think he probably comfortably makes the most goals, creates the most goals, is involved in the most goals for Chelsea during a season. And I think he probably gets into team of the season. He's probably right up there for player of the season in the Premier League. That's how good and influential a talent he can be. But he can't be if he's injured. So I think this has obviously been a, a careful decision for him to make. He's clearly considered it. I think the club has considered it. That's the right thing because it's not just about the next six months for him. It's about the rest of his career. And hopefully it's the right one. We pray. We So best of recovery to Reese James. I hope he comes back an even better player. So those are my thoughts today. That is the news. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch or listen to it. Follow me across socials at Son of Chelsea and I will see you again very soon. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.